Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Thursday, September 7th, and this is episode number 204. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I am not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. It's great to be back with you guys again today. It's been, I think, close to six weeks since my last episode. My sincere apologies. There has been so much going on in the sector during the slowest month of the year, which is August. It is the slowest month across markets in terms of trading volume, historically speaking. And it's always the slowest month for uranium. But this year, we had a very anomalous month. We had the spot price of uranium rising almost $5 in the month of August. Very, very interesting anomalous action in this market. And I think it portends what we're about to experience in the next couple of quarters. So today, I'm going to talk about inflection. We're at an inflection point for both the physical market and the equities. And I'm going to discuss both of those in today's episode. Before we get into it, I want to let you know that there is a webinar that we are hosting. If you haven't attended one of these webinars, we've done two earlier this year. We're doing it again now. This is a free webinar. It's completely free. The registration link is in the description below. Just scroll down and click that link and you can join it for free. We cover a 30,000 foot view of this investment thesis. So if you are new to the sector, if you're new to this thesis, this is a must attend event. And you're going to want to hear what we have to say in that webinar if you are unfamiliar with this thesis. If you're generally familiar, it's probably not going to be as valuable to you. But if you are new to the uranium thesis, uh, we cover the most important elements in our opinion. Primarily, that's the nuclear fuel cycle, the backdrop of demand, the fundamental thesis for the growth of nuclear, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We talk about supply. Um, we get into a little bit of the fuel cycle in terms of underfeeding, overfeeding, and enrichment. We don't get too deep into that. We get much deeper into that for, for our paying members, of course, because the physical market is the number one thing we have to understand to hang on in this volatile market. But of course, these episodes are much more fun to do when the sector is moving, and it's been moving in a very nice manner over the last six weeks or so since my last episode. So I'm happy to be back with you guys and discussing that once again. Okay, so right now, uh, what do we have going on? We have the World Nuclear Association Symposium that is happening in London that is happening as I'm speaking right now this week. I believe today is the last day, possibly tomorrow, but they go over a number of different elements in terms of the fuel cycle. They release a biannual report called the, the Nuclear Fuel Report. It comes out every two years, and this year they are releasing it again. So we're expected to see that relatively soon. Uh, there's some some images kind of leaking out for now, but I want to I want to get the official report once it's released before I actually report on that to our members. But either way, uh, the the mood in the room is is very very high. Okay, people are are very excited about this market about uh, about the this investing thesis as well. Of course, it's not just an investing symposium; it's a nuclear industry symposium that's attended by a lot of the investing community. And the WNA is basically flagging to the audience that we're looking at uranium shortages. We're looking at supply shortages if the growth that we expect happens, which we believe that it will. And we couldn't agree more. Um, our numbers actually look a little bit different than theirs uh, from what I'm seeing from the latest reports so far. But um, either way, the consensus essentially is 
the market basically gets very, very close to balancing for a brief moment in time. And if we if we see the growth that we're expecting here, we're going to have uh, an, an extreme imbalance in supply. And it's finally coming down to uranium. The utilities understand that. They've gone a long ways to securing enrichment and conversion for the for the next five years or so. And finally, that uranium demand is hitting now. So we're happy to see that. Let's go ahead and run quickly through a scoreboard here. Talk about the spot market, um, SPUT, the ETF flows. We'll look at the charts very briefly, and then we will get into a discussion about inflection. So starting off, the spot price of uranium now $61.25 a pound. Like I mentioned, it was up almost $5 for the month of August. And some very, very important points I'm going to make in the inflection discussion, but uh, just very briefly, I'll mention right now, that had absolutely nothing to do with the uh, financially driven physical uh, buyers. Primarily that would be the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust or SPUT. Totally out of the market. They raised 900K uh, last week, very briefly, but besides that, they have not purchased any uranium since April. They haven't raised any cash since February. They're getting close to NAV, which is a positive sign since the market's been somewhat risk on over the past four to six weeks. But this move in uranium last month happened with zero financial buying. That is very interesting. It's possible, but maybe there was a little bit of hedge fund buying just individually, but for the most part, we believe it's been uh, traders and a little bit of producers, a little bit of utilities, not huge volumes. That's a point I'm going to make a little bit later. Moving on, SPUT closed yesterday at a minus 2.91% discount to NAV. It is trading down today ever so slightly, so sitting right around that 3% discount to NAV. Not huge. The chart looks like it needs, uh, needs a bit of a pullback, a little bit of a rest here anyways, so... Hopefully we get that for a brief moment in time before the next leg up, which is what it's looking like, uh, at least today and, and yesterday. Sput's cash balance is down to 10.7 million. So any money that they raise, unless it's uh, a, a chunky raise, like we've seen in brief moments in the past where they've raised 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 million dollars in a single day. Um, if they raise a couple million here, a couple million there, they're going to build up their coffers and their cash balance a little bit first before they put that money towards buying uranium because they're sitting on such a low cash balance now. Okay, sector ETFs. I'm not going to talk about the flows that happened yesterday or the day before, but let's talk about the month of August. A lot of inflows in the month of August. We only had a small amount of outflows in the first week of August, and the rest of the month was ETF inflows, net inflows. In fact, inflows across uh, URA, URNM, and the newcomer, the Sprott Junior Uranium Miners ETF, URNJ, all of those three combined, the net inflows and the share issuance by these three ETFs in the month of August led to a, over $100 million in buying of their underlying holdings. So when you see a, a day where you have URA and URNM, URNM up 2 3 4% on good volume, and everything in the sector is slightly or very green, that's ETF buying. Okay, It's not only ETF buying, but that's the flywheel effect. That's the ETF buying. Money pouring into the ETFs, ETFs buy their holdings, everything sort of goes up simultaneously. And you really understand ETF buying if you recognize the stocks that have a very low float. So the uh, the actual free floating uh, outstanding shares, the outstanding shares that aren't held by uh, insiders, institutions, um, if it's, it has a very low float when the ETFs are buying, it usually flies uh, relative to, let's say, the larger cap stocks with a much larger free float. So you'll see some of the small mid caps with low low floats will fly, and that's an indication of ETF buying. 
And we definitely saw that on over a few days this past month with big, big moves on some of these stocks in the month of August. We're talking 25 to 35% just last month. So big inflows, the ETFs, um, that of course is just, that. that's what happens in this market. The market is so small when we see big volumes coming into the ETFs. They buy everything that they hold, and the whole sector tends to move in lockstep with obvious some, some obvious outperformers and some obvious underperformers, but makes a market, right? Okay, let's go ahead and take a look at the charts. All right, starting off with URA, definitely looking like a technical improvement. And I, I remember looking back at this chart, you know, December, January, and seeing that we were still in this triangular pattern. We ended up kind of hitting that resistance point yet again in February, pulling back to perfect to perfect support in March. And that was a beautiful low. And during these points in time, uh, and if you go back to the episodes that I released around this time, um, you're going to hear me basically state that the fundamentals haven't changed. In fact, they've only improved. And this market has still not moved uh, in the way that we believe it will. Uh, these are huge opportunities. And it's important to highlight when you have a strong fundamental outlook for a sector and your conviction is high, uh, this is the way that I invest in this sector because this is a fundamental investment for me, not a technical investment. So when the chart looks like absolute garbage, when the RSI is falling off the screen, so that's kind of here, RSI very low, that's here. Sentiment is terrible. People are trashing me on YouTube and Twitter. That's when you should be buying. In fact, I can be a really, really good contrarian sentiment signal. Um, so look at every point where the RSI was very low and recognize in hindsight if that was a good time to be buying or a good time to be selling. And I think it's pretty obvious these are buy signals. Now, the RSI is getting a little bit overstretched here. I'd like to see this pull back, possibly all the way back down to support. If we get that kind of pullback, that is an absolute load the boat moment across the sector, okay? Because that's a decent drop, right? Pulling back there for URA, that's a 7 or 8% drop. That could happen over the course of two or three days if the markets go really risk off. But um, honestly, considering the fundamental setup and my understanding of the physical market, I believe Q4, Q1 are going to be very strong. Any pullbacks the sector might give us, is uh, we should be taking advantage of that opportunity, in my personal opinion. Cameco, of course, has been incredibly strong. Uh, every single dip on an intraday basis has been bought up. You can see these big dips just end up as hammer candles um, for the last three months or so. So absolutely outperforming pretty much everything in the sector, and that's how it should be. And I will discuss that more in the inflection section in just a few minutes here because it's going to be relatively obvious what's happening here. This is also something that happens in resource markets typically, is the leading stock or the leading few stocks tend to outperform. Um, those are typically large caps, typically producing companies, and then the market inflects, and that's the point that we're at now. Looking at URA uh, ratio chart against the S&P, and I honestly like to zoom out a little bit with this particular chart, but uh, before we do that, look at the daily chart. Uh, look at these moving averages. So the 20 day rising very, very sharply above the 15200. The 50 day about to rise above the rising 200 day. Now it's been a while since we've seen that happen. And it's considering that it's happening after somewhat of this rounded bottom, we had a little bit, I was drawing an inverse head and shoulders that played out for a second, but not really. We actually have kind of a larger inverse head and shoulders to some extent here. Uh, on this, uh, this is still the daily chart, but we have a little bit like that. Either way, a big rounded bottom coming up off of that uh, golden crosses and all of these moving averages. And again, this is the ratio chart. So this chart can 
can fly to the upside with uranium going sideways and the S&P falling. And, but we have seen a substantial outperformance of the S&P over the last couple of months, which is obviously very good to see. We've broken up and out of this trend line resistance. Possibly we reset that. Uh, RSI could use a little breather here. So honestly, I would like to see the sector take a breather for a moment here, whether on a relative basis compared to the broad market or on an absolute basis. And zooming out a little bit to a weekly chart, we can see just how damn early we are in this investment, okay? URA underperformed the broad market substantially in the bear market as the S&P continued to grind higher, higher in the 2000 teens, generally speaking. But we're just in the early stages of coming up and out of this. And I honestly think we're looking at a wave one, wave two, wave three. That's where we're at right here, in my personal opinion. And most of the charts look similarly, especially for the benchmarks for the ETFs. Sprott Physical Uranium Trust, I'm drawing, this is a, a weekly chart here, just absolutely up on stilts. And this is a beautiful sight to see. Now, despite the fact that Sprott has traded at a persistent discount this entire year, with an exception of February, okay? So it's been in a discount this entire time. It continues to track uranium and it continues to move higher. Uh, this is a beautiful ascending tri triangle breakout, absolutely clear, unquestionable breakout. Will we see a bit of a pullback back down to some level of resistance, seven, eight, nine percent pullback? It's possible, although my confidence in spot remaining at these levels and actually moving higher very, very soon is very high. So this would be a markets going risk off kind of situation, seeing spot trade back down to a high discount to their net asset value. It wouldn't be the price of uranium pulling back. Most likely. I don't believe that's the case. I think honestly, 55 to 60 is probably the new floor in uranium. But if we get a pullback back down into the high 50s, it's possible, along with some risk off, we can come back down and retest this resistance, uh, resistance line that we have broken up and out of. That would be a technically solid move if we did that, if we got a little bit of a sentiment reset, a little bit of an RSI reset, and then we can launch into Q4. That's if the market gives me exactly what I want, which it never does. But I would like to see that. Okay, URA compared to the spot price of uranium. Look at this chart. Look at these moving averages. The 200-day flattening out. In fact, if I zoom in far enough, it might actually even be start to rising. Flattening out, the 20-day and the 50-day rising sharply, about to cross above that 200-day that's about to start rising. That is technically bullish, bullish, bullish. When have we seen this before with all three moving averages breaking up? And we're not quite there. Another couple of weeks of positive movement on a relative basis and we'll be there. But the fact that these moving averages are moving sideways and they're converging and the short-term moving average is about to break above the long-term, we have seen this when? We've seen this back here, okay? That was the last time we had flat sideways action on these moving averages with a strong break to the upside above. So what we had back then, and of course, this section of the chart back starting in December 2020, this section here, we didn't see a big move in the spot price, but the equities were on fire. We started to see the spot price move towards the end of that, which you can see is when this started to languish a little bit. So now this chart, honestly, with the rising spot environment, this chart could make a much more tepid move uh, sideways, sideways, maybe ever so slightly rising. We could have this kind of move in this chart. And what we're going to see here is this kind of move, okay? because this is a relative chart and we're this is a ratio against the price of uranium and the price of uranium is going to be rising. But the equities typically have leverage to the price of uranium. And I think we will see that as well. I just don't think it's going to be as steep as the previous move, but I don't really care about that because 
Uh, the rising uranium spot price is going to move everything else. Okay, let's start actually discussing um, the inflection that I want to talk about here. And I'm going to simplify this chart a little bit. Uh, give me a second here. Um, I want to bring this up while this chart is up so we can actually look at the price of uranium and discuss exactly what we're seeing here. Okay, um, so this, generally speaking, I don't really care too much for charting a commodity, especially a commodity like this, where the price is actually moving based on supply and demand fundamentals. There's no futures market. There's no paper trading market. There's very little actual price manipulation that happens for, for the price, for the market, for physical uranium, but it is a beautiful chart. Okay. So what I want to highlight here, um, and I'll go ahead and zoom out a little bit more here, you guys. Okay. What I'm highlighting here is that this, first of all, we're in a bull market for the commodity. Okay. Period. The end. This is super, super obvious. We had this big rounding bottom for practically a decade, right? Seven year rounded bottom. Finally, it started to recover. The bottom was 2016, but we didn't really see a decent move until uh, 2020 when Cigar Lake shut down for six months. The Kazakh shut down their uh, their well field development for six months and the spot price uh, had a reaction to that. Then we had kind of a downward sideways consolidation for a minute there as well. Let me go back to the daily charts here and zoom in a bit. Um, and then at that point, we had SPUT. SPUT uh, took over the Iranian Participation Corporation. Okay, I'm going to stop jumping around here, I promise. Took over UPC in April of 2021, and their ATM went live in August of 2021. Okay, so that's this point. Their ATM went live. They started buying, and if you recall, they were buying hand over freaking fist. I think they bought 25 million pounds of uranium in, uh, in the later part of 2020 alone. So just this, this section right here, 25 million pounds of uranium, uh, the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust purchased. Insane. So point being, this big move here was based on spot buying and massive volumes in the spot market on a relative basis, Okay. And I want to draw this out because I can't share it because it's behind a paywall, but UXC put out a graph showing showing the volume bars, the monthly volume bars for the spot market along in, in a backdrop with this chart. And I'm going to draw this in a terrible fashion here. So I apologize for my sloppy drawing, but big, big bars of volume here, big bars of volume here, big bars of volume here, starting to decrease. And then we drop down, right? And we had this consolidation. And that was the first big move. That was August, September, October, November, 2021. Then we moved sideways a little bit with, with relatively low volume. And then again, markets go risk on March, April, 2022. Uh, late February, it kind of started. Sput came in again, big volumes in, in, in buying. Okay, this is a volume bar. <laughs> Sorry for the sloppy, sloppy. Okay. By the way, volume back here was like this, right? It's just kind of monthly volume bars back here. Boom. Boom. So these big moves, and this one went up to 64, pulled back immediately to like 53, then reset all the way back down in the mid 40s. Then what happened? Low volumes, okay? Average volume in spot market trading. These are terribly drawn volume bars since then. So what is my point with all of this? My point with all of this is that these two big moves up that we saw in 2021 and 2022 were driven by financial buyers. They were driven by SPUT. They were driven by money flowing into the markets. And they were driven entirely by secondary demand coming from the financials, okay? So now what are we looking at? So SPUT, SPUT, and now this 
is organic, uh, natural, free range, grass fed movement of the physical price of the uranium based on the market fundamentals in the industry. SPUD has been out of the market for almost this entire period of time following April of last year. They raised a little bit of money, bought a little bit of uranium. I think it was September. And I think we saw a decent little bump. Yeah, September, October. Um, but they've been out of the market. So this move is far, far more sustainable. And what is going to happen in this chart? I'll show you. And again, my apologies. We're going to break up and out of this ascending triangle. Maybe we'll have some pullbacks, but we are about to get real with this, okay? This is about to happen finally, you guys, in the big, big breakout. We don't need SPUT. Will it get back to its premiums and app? Will they raise more cash? Will they buy more pounds? Yes, they will. I believe strongly that they will. But it's the most difficult thing to predict in this market, okay? We don't know when those capital flows will come. We don't know in what volumes they'll come, but we do know that they will eventually. And that is what I think is going about, about to happen now because um, whether or not we have SPUD in the market buying, Zuri in the market buying, this other fund that's been mentioned by former Kazadam Prom exec, uh, Askar Badarbayev, there's multiple other physical funds that are in the works in various stages that will be coming online at some point in the next year or so. We don't need them. The industry is doing the work for us. And finally, the rubber is meeting the road and the physical market is extremely tight. And I'm not the only one saying that. The actual very, very conservative price reporters are saying the same thing. Okay, let's share. I want to share one more thing about inflection before I sign off for the day. All right, this is a chart that is shared from Haywood Securities. I want to give them credit right up front. They do great work. And here is, uh, I think this is really, really interesting. Now, one metric of valuation that some people use in this uh, uranium market, because it's difficult to, to gauge valuation potential for pre-production companies that may or may not ever produce a single pound of uranium in a single, single dollar of cash flow. But how do you value them on a relative basis? Well, one way that some investors do it is looking at the enterprise value versus their in situ resources, the pounds in the ground, right? So EV versus pounds. Enterprise value essentially is the market capitalization plus debt minus cash. That'll give you the EV, okay? It's not a great metric because there's some things that are not necessarily included in that valuation, like the existence of a mill that may not uh, may not uh, lead to any debt on their on their balance sheet. So they might they might have a mill, they might not. They're going to get the same EV to pounds valuation based on the pounds on the ground, with all else being equal. So it's not perfect, but it's something. It's something, okay? So this is looking at historical data. And this historical data from 2008 to present, so this is not looking at the first move up above 60 that happened in 2006, but this is looking 2008 to the present. So after 2008, we had that uh, move down through 60 before it bottomed in the 40s and started to recover, move back up through 60 prior to Fukushima, back down on the back end of Fukushima, and then again through 60 last April and now. And what do we see when, uh, when we hit that $60 a pound mark? Look at the in-situ valuations. Now, the yellow bar is explorers, the orange bar, or the uh, whatever you want to call that uh, maroon bar, uh, developers, and then the blue bar producers. So once we hit that $60 a pound, not only do all three of them drastically increase in valuations, we've got developers that almost like two, two and a half X, explorers two, two and a half X, producers only go up about 25%. Okay, now this, of course, is taking in a lot of different moving parts. And it's impossible to get a perfect representation of what happens here. But this inflection point is where we see valuations really uh, get some nitrous into the gas tank. But importantly, the small cap explorers, mid cap developers start to 
dramatically outperform the producers on a relative basis. Now, what we've seen over the past year, really, especially this year to date, is a drastic outperformance of the large cap producers, especially Cameco. And in this tiny sector, there just aren't that many large cap producers that are publicly traded, right? It's Cameco and Kazatomprom, and Kazatomprom has been somewhat stifled by jurisdiction risk based on their association with Russia, um, that that's, that's obviously put a little bit of a, uh, of, a, of a ball and chain on that stock. There's jurisdiction risk there that if there hadn't been, the stock would be much, much higher. It's obviously the clear value play in the sector. They produce an enormous amount of cash. They are the largest producer. They will be the largest producer for, for the foreseeable future. Um, and, but either way, big moves amongst the large cap producers, primarily Cameco. And at this inflection point, not only do we see, historically speaking, valuations of the equities take a big jump to the upside when the price starts to move past and through that $60 pound range, but we start to see on a relative basis, the small mid cap explorer and developer stocks start to outperform the large cap and producer stocks. So that's the point that we're at right now. Our confidence has never been higher that the uranium price is gonna to continue to move higher. And we've already seen a big move this past month, me pounding the table uh, at every chance I've had this year about the uranium price going higher. Of course, that has come to fruition. That was not a difficult call, uh, but I wanted to make that ultra clear. There's concerns across the board uh, about the broad markets having been, uh, getting a big washout about recession coming, which looks pretty obvious like it's here and or coming soon. Uh, deflationary impacts on the markets and especially on commodities. Well, guess what? A deflationary concern doesn't, doesn't actually affect the uranium commodity itself, okay? It's very, very different from most commodities. And we've seen that this year already. The uranium price is up big this year, 20, almost 30% up this year, I believe, if I recall correctly in the spot market. Very large moves for the commodity, and these moves are going to continue, and we're not the only ones saying this, okay? So the actual industry consultants that are speaking to the utilities are saying, buckle up, guys, it's coming. The market is very, very thin. Producers, um, the big producers, Cameco, Arano, Kazatomprom, they're essentially sold out of material for the next three years. Why? Utilities have been flexing up legacy contracts. And we've seen a higher volume of, of long-term contracts this year to date as well. 121 million pounds now signed this year to date. So everything is tightening. And even the conservative price reporters are telling the utilities, you guys, it's happening. We're, we've got a 45 million pound shortfall from primary production this year. Now, this is their numbers, okay? It's just incredible how tight this market is. And they're letting the utilities know it's game on, you guys. We've got a big supply deficit out in the future. If you're uncovered, you better step up to the table and you better do it soon. And we think that the moment is coming very soon where there's kind of a come to Jesus moment for any uncovered utilities that are yet to, you know what, or get off the pot. And I think we're very, very close to that point. So uh, the market is inflecting now. The physical market is tight. It's being driven by industry market fundamentals, not by financials. That's a very important point to understand. We had a $5 move almost in the month of August alone, the slowest month of the year when the fuel buyers are on vacation. Um, it's all coming together. And then we're moving into this, what is typically a strong season for uranium because of these fuel conferences. Fuel buyers come back from WNA. They go to the NEI conference in, in October. They make their buying decisions. And this is, of course, a historical average over multiple decades. This year, clearly it's different but it's even more highlighted because of the low commercial inventories. Last time commercial inventories were at this level was like 0405. We know what happened after that. 
it's it's all coming together, you guys. And may, we may or may not get a broad market washout. So, you know, we, we will get a washout, I'm pretty sure, in the broad market at some point. Is that next month? Is that next year? Is it five years from now? I have no idea. All I can tell you is look at the charts for the uranium stocks. Look at the chart for the commodity. Look at the chart for the ETFs. Um, understand the physical market. Understand the nuclear fuel cycle. Very, very important. Our confidence in the price going higher is 100%. Uh, it's, it's going higher, okay? So if the market gives me what I want, like I mentioned, we were looking at the charts. If we have a pullback here, that, that's probably a, a good and possibly a last opportunity to buy at relatively cheap valuations. And compared to the metal, these stocks are still very cheap. So uh, we need a little bit of an RSI reset, sentiment reset, but the market's inflecting. It's happening right now, both for equities and the physical market. So I'm very excited for the next couple of quarters. I'm going to make an effort to do these episodes more often. I know I've said that a few times, but at least once a month. In fact, I should probably be doing these more often because the market is starting to heat up. And uh, there's a lot to discuss. There's a lot to discuss. There's so much I left out that happened over the last six weeks. So my apologies there, but I have to keep these uh, under a reasonable time frame. We will be speaking with a, a, a gentleman who is involved in the nuclear fuel cycle uh, in terms of trading, who is currently attending the WNA conference for our members webinar in September. We're going to get a full download on the happenings of this uh, conference in London. And we are going to also get a full download on the goings on in the physical market. And there's some important metrics to understand. We will go deep into that for our paying members. That'll be uh, coming up in a couple of weeks here in September. If you join us on any level, quarterly or annual, you get access to these webinars, all of the former recorded webinars, as well as the one upcoming this month. We try to bring on um, very solid guests that are that are working in either, either the, the, the company side of things or in the fuel cycle so that we can de deeply understand physical market as much as possible. And lastly, I'm going to reiterate, if you want a 30,000 foot view of this sector, if you're new to the uranium thesis and you want to dive in deeply, click the link in the description, join us uh, for this webinar. We have we go into a deep dive for the thesis itself and would love to have you join us. All right, until next time, be well, take care, and I will see you hopefully soon. Cheers. <laughs>